If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Hello and welcome to the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast, with me, your host, Howard H. Smith. Some of you may know me as lead singer with UK thrash band Acid Rain. You may also know of my podcast, Talking Bollocks, where the great and the good of heavy metal come and have a chat with me. You'll see my name is highlighted in the description of this podcast. Click on that and that will take you through to all those interviews. But here... I am your guide. I show you the way through this incredible virtual museum that we have built. I wander around these halls some days, amazed at what we've done and what we've got to come. Before I extol the virtues of this podcast too much, I need you to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, then please do. You'll see a bell, a box, a something that you can click on and subscribe. Once you've done that, you will get every episode into your device every single time we release one. This episode, no different to any of the others, some crazy tales about Lemmy and Motorhead from Tom Huck. Tom contacted me and it just had to be a conversation that we had to have and you are going to hear it now. Hello Tom and welcome to the Motorcast. Ah, it's awesome to be here. This is an honor. Like I told you earlier, this is an honor. That's, I mean, I'm honored that you think it's an honor. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. You know what's coming next. Yeah. How did Motorhead first come into your life? There are three parts to this. There's the unofficial, then there's the semi-official, and then there's the official. And they span about... God, I can't believe this 30 years, which is bizarre. <laughs> so I first realized the glory of Motorhead on an episode of The Young Ones. Oh, wow. On MTV at my grandmother's house, the house I now live in because we bought it for my family, oddly enough. So every night <laughs> when I'm watching TV... <laughs> It's the exact spot where I saw Motorhead because you had to go to your grandmother's house to see MTV back right. in 1984. It was so bizarre, you know, and yeah. in my mind, it's not like you could just go YouTube it, you know, the, in yeah. my mind, when I saw Motorhead on the young ones, when the, the guys were having to catch the train, you know, and Ace of Spades, I, I was like, who the fuck and what the fuck is that? Wow. And then it took a couple of years to figure out who that was because I lived in, I still do, rural mid-America. And back in 1985, you couldn't Google YouTube or anything. And Mm. they weren't playing Motorhead on the radio, on Top 40, obviously. Yeah. And then I heard through magazines, like if you ever made it to St. Louis, which is the nearest city to here, which is an hour and a half away, that is a universe away when you're 13 and can't drive. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So my friends and I, we tried to figure it out. And finally somebody through a circus magazine or something saw some sort of an advert for Ace of Spades. And I was like, that's, that's what that was. And then it through time, I got a cassette of Ace of Spades. This is probably now around 1987. So it took two years before I could get a hold of anything and then wore it out. And they, they were, and to this day, they're my favorite band. They're the 
greatest band that ever lived. I don't give a fuck what anybody says and fuck the <laughs> rock and roll hall of fame and all of that stuff because yeah. it, it had a massive impact on what I do as an artist. I'm a visual artist and I don't operate in the music world except here and there. I do. I've done one really big album cover for the roots. I did phrenology back in 2002 or something. And then I never was involved in any more music stuff other than that one until I got involved with Motorhead late in their career. And so that whole 30 year period was, it's just a, it's been, I'm a Motorhead freak. And, and uh, <laughs> they influenced everything with the way that I packaged my logos, the way that I live my life, the way that I approach my art making. Um, and, everything it just affected my entire life and it, it to this day so there there's how they got involved that's how i got no i realized what the glory of motorhead was you know and that's and that is that there, there's elements of of uh other stories i've heard there and you point something out that's really interesting as well about their influences, like how they've influenced your art and everything else and and the rock and roll hall, hall of fame reference the thing is that Motorhead, Motorhead's influence is way, way, way more pervasive than most people realize. And I include, they have no idea. And I include people in the music business as well. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, it's like I'm an artist, so I'm a visual artist. And mo most the, the it's a different world than the music world. The, the the end of it that I operate in. Most of my work. I sell directly to museums and it's me going into the studio every day and coming up with making art about what I'm pissed off about or what's in yeah. my conscience and things like that. So it's a different thing. And and when I get hired or asked to do something for a, a band, it, it that's a different world, but in the lifestyle of sticking to your guns. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. what, what th that's the, aside from the music, that's the most important thing yeah. that I got from Motorhead is, is seeing it through and seeing the vision through and going down with the ship. <laughs> yeah, going the out on your shield. To go dying with your boots on. You know, I'm yeah. gonna die in the studio in front of one of my big wood blocks. Yeah. That's the that's the motorhead way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I got that from him. But then so then like Obviously, the, the influence is there in my work and my life. But but what's funny about it is, is I got semi-officially involved with the <laughs> band in the craziest, most memorable for me, one of the most craziest, amazing nights of my life. And for a, a super motorhead fan like me, a super fan, basically. It just the the planets aligned in a way that Great. is just absolutely crazy. Okay, so carry on. All right, so yeah, what happened? Two thousand and nine, Motorhead was. I lived in St. Louis at this point. I, I live about an hour south of there now, but um, Motorhead didn't come to St. Louis. Missouri 
that mm-hmm. often around the t- early 2000s. They would play Kansas City, and then they would they would skip St. Louis to go to Chicago. I don't know why. You know, maybe it wasn't a good market or whatever. They've got experts for these things. And uh, so I would have to travel to, to go see Motorhead, which I did many, many, many times. And I did work for some illustration work for a radio station called KC95 in St. Louis. Really, really famous radio station in the United States. It's the oldest classic rock station alive that since 1967. They still I thought, exist. It was, I thought I was aware of it when you when you mentioned it. it They're it, it a kind big of, yeah, deal here. And, and, and I had done some art for a show called Monday Night Metal, which it, it was it is it's been around now off and on for 30 years. And that's how, how I heard some Motorhead stuff. So can I ju- can I just ask you a question? Yes. It seems strange that you'd be doing, you know, bearing in mind we're going back a few years. It seems strange you'd be doing art for a radio station. I am I am of that era. I am of that age mm-hmm. where I think radio, <laughs> audio, yeah. What they wanted, they wanted a T-shirt for the oh, radio right. okay. for their show and a poster for an event, you know. Right. And so I would do. I did a mascot. So there's, it's funny, I've rebranded mascots twice and they're both pigs. And one, <laughs> you're the pig guy. Yeah, the KC95 mascot is a guy called Sweet Meat and it's a pig with headphones on. And so they had me do a metal meat <laughs> for Monday Night Metal. Right. And so it, that that's how I got involved with the radio station. And by then, too, I had started getting a lot of attention for my other work like showing in like museums and stuff like that and so i was kind of a known entity and then they also knew that i'm a massive motorhead fan this radio station and they were monday night metal sponsored a motorhead show coming to the pageant in st louis which is unbelievable they hadn't been to st louis in years and i got a call from one of the people at the radio station, if you can imagine reverting to be a 13-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And at one moment, this the guy asked me, he's like, hey, Motorhead's coming to St. Louis. I was like, fuck off. They're not coming to St. Louis. And he's like, yes, they are. KC95 is bringing them in. They're going to be at the pageant, which is a fantastic concert venue in St. Louis. Good mid-sized venue. And we want to know if you'll do the marquee poster for the gig. I was like, when do you need it? <laughs> the fuck do you need it? And, and, I, yeah. and I, he was like, I'll take that. as yes, I go, deal. I didn't talk. I didn't talk money. That does not matter. Okay. Yeah. So I think I cranked that design out in like 48 hours. Right. They thought it'd be a month because the show, this was in like July when they contacted me and the show was going to be in like September. So <laughs> I did and I knew this is my shot to do something to put my stamp on a just a one night of Motorhead history. Yeah. yeah. So I did it to the full. I I know Motorhead, the Motorhead aesthetic. I know what Lemmy likes. And so I did a Panzer, a German Panzer tank with a skeleton guy popping his head out of the hatch, going through barbed wire and a field of mines and stuff with bombers flying overhead and the logo and everything. And I just worked my ass off on it for 48 hours. I don't think I slept. 
and I turned it in and they were like, holy shit. All right, cool. So <laughs> by the way, by the way, can I just say when you're saying there, like, you know, you worked your ass off in 48 hours over it. You 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 weren't you weren't working, were you? You were just having fun and you couldn't it was a leave blast. it alone. I couldn't believe it at the same time where you're doing something because up until that time, for many years, most of the time when Motorhead would go and play a gig, if you if you show up at the, the venue, it's a canned poster where they have the same poster that they use over and over that like whoever it's not live nation or whatever, but they would, you, they're very, a lot of control with that stuff that goes out and yeah, what is yeah. put online, yeah. but this was a unique thing. And yeah. so, so a couple of months went by, I got tickets to the show, which is great. You know, they comped me tickets yeah. and I was so excited. I get to like go across town to see Motorhead. Yeah, which is a ma massive deal for me because I have to travel six hours, seven hours to see them many for many years before that. So and my work, my art was branding the show for that night. And so, yeah, a week before the show, my work was all over the the venue and the marquee posters. And it was just like I've had my work at like the Whitney museum of american art in new york and like the metropolitan museum of art that was the bigger deal yeah you know, absolutely yeah. your work along with motorhead so the night of the show came i hope you have time for a story because this is how it all Dude, this that's that, 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 this, that's all we're here for all right yeah so the night of the show came i was excited and there's a bar called blueberry hill which is owned by chuck Barry was owned by Chuck Berry down the street from the pageant. And that's where I've drank every Wednesday night for 25 years. That's just my place. And um, so I went there before the show and I was I, full honesty, full disclosure. I was pretty feeling great. I was pretty <laughs> well oiled by the time the gig rolled around. Yeah, it was a holiday. This is a it's like a holiday for me. So Finally, I walked down the street for the show and I was excited because the art's up and you're going to get to see the crowd, the crowd's seeing your art. You know, it's this, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. it's almost like a, it's just a, to be involved in a Motorhead show with the art branding it is a rare thing. It was gone. All the art had been taken down. Oh my God. All of it. All the posters were blank. They were just blank white. And I was like, what the fuck? It was so deflating. I was like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. And that was that was a bummer. And and I thought, well, wait a minute. I got tickets to a motorhead show. It's time to get in. You know, it's 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 a gig. So you gotta yeah. get, you know. And I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. So the gig came and there's an upstairs bar uh at the pageant and a downstairs bar. And a front bar <laughs> and an outside bar. It's great. <laughs> and uh, so I'm and I think uh, the Misfits were supposed to open up. ASG was supposed to open. ASG did. Misfits weren't weren't there for some reason, which was confusing. And the gig Motorhead comes on there. It's fantastic. It's so loud in there, more loud than usual, which if you can possibly imagine. And I'm drinking upstairs at the bar. 
And this woman comes up to me and, and she's screaming. I'll try and do it like what it sounded like. You know, when someone tries to talk to you at a yeah. gig yeah. with one of the loudest bands, everybody knows that feeling. It's like, shut up. I can't understand what you're saying. This yeah. woman comes up to me and she's like, are you Tom Huck? And I was like, what? And she's like, are you Tom Huck? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, grabbed me by the shoulder, like the shirt. And like started pulling me away. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck did I do? I thought I'm being kicked out. I didn't do anything. And she's take she took me downstairs into and we're working up towards the stage. And there's motorhead playing. Like I'm getting closer and yeah. closer and closer to the band. And I'm like kind of pissed because I thought I was getting kicked out of the gig, but they're taking me towards the stage. This is like, the you're getting thrown in. You're not getting I'm thrown, getting thrown <laughs> into the show. Exactly. That's exactly right. So she takes me in. And then we're in the green room at the pageant. Wow. Right. And I was like, what's going on? And she was like, out of breath, tired. And she was like, are you Tom Huck? I go, yes. And she said this. I'll never forget it. She was like, do you have any idea how hard it is to find a bald, fat, tattooed white guy at a motorhead show? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can kind of figure it out. And she was like, the band wants to meet you. I was like, what? <laughs> and she goes, here's your pass. And she took me up. The show was about halfway over. The Motorhead set was about halfway over. She took me up behind on the side stage. Yeah. And now I'm like, wow. my hands like shaking as I tell you this because I'm remembering it. I'm like 10 feet. 15 feet from Lemmy. Yeah. And I'm on the, so I'm on the left side of the stage and I'm, his bases are back there. I was just like, uh, I cannot believe this is happening. All of a sudden you're like really sober. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and so, I cannot believe this. And she, and so she's like, Dan Hawcroft. She said, Dan, I know it's Dan Hawcroft. Now he was Lemmy's personal assistant for those years, like the Inferno years and everything. And uh, he'll come out after the gig's over and he wants to talk to you about something. I was like, oh, okay. And so the rest of the gig happened and I just went into the green room, back into the green room and it was amazing, of course. And uh, I was waiting for, for the band, right? Mickey and Phil and they were all, they were slow. And so I'm sitting at one of the tables in the green room and come to find out they had an off day the next day, which is part of the reason why some of this happened. I found <laughs> out. Right. So Dan comes in. I'm in the room and they've got like tables back there and they start putting the booze out. Yeah. And for the crew. And I'm okay. I got a drink. I have to. <laughs> what it was like was like I've told people this before. It was like all of a sudden you you played high school football. Now you're like suiting up with the LA Raiders. Oh yeah, yeah. You're in the big leagues now. You're in the big leagues and you got to do what they do. Yeah. And it's the crew at this point. And drinking yeah. with the crew is a with Motorhead's crew even at this late of a date is not a joke. Now, if you could if you could just bear with me here, I'd like to in, I'd like to insert a disclaimer for anybody listening to this. If at <laughs> any point you get taken behind the scenes and it is suggested that you try and keep up with the crew whilst drinking, 
do not do it. Don't do it because at one yeah. point I, I lost the feeling in my legs. Okay. So, so it, all right, that's a little bit later. So, so drunk you were numb. That's a weird one. And I had already started drinking at like three o'clock yeah. that day down the street. So oh, I, I had long since almost forgotten that the art was gone, that my art was taken down. Yeah. And so Dan comes up to me and he was like, Hey, you're Huck. I go, yeah. He goes, I'm Dan. I'm the road, man road manager for Motorhead. Um, the art was amazing. Lemmy wanted it. He had him take it down. I was like, oh my God. Really? He's like, yeah, he wants to meet you. I was like, you could not believe this. This was just crazy. And he's like, here, he goes, would you like to do some other posters? I go, yeah. What do you want? When do you want it? You know, he's like, well, we, we'll we we'll talk. But here, Lemmy's going to be in here in a minute. And uh, he then Dan gave me a tour laminate. And he was oh. like, I swear, it's just crazy. He goes, here, mate. This will get you into any gig in the world. All access, wherever you want to go for the rest of the tour which there was another year and a half left on the tour. <laughs> and I was like, are you shitting me? He was like, no, man, here you go. We want you to do some stuff. We love the art. Lemmy love the art. He's taking it. And I yeah. was like, unbelievable. That right there yeah. would have been enough for me. For the rest of my life, that, yeah. that would have been enough. Okay. So... The band comes in, I met Mickey, I met Phil, and they were preoccupied with other things. And then, Lemmy, no Lemmy, but there was a pinball machine in the corner, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I had been, I was drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. It was probably, it seems like five hours, it was probably 45 minutes you know, <laughs> at this point. And then Lemmy comes in, and he, he, does, he looks around the room, and he goes over to the pinball machine, and I thought, you know what, man, I just, I got to go talk to him. I, I, I'm going to go talk to him. And so I I went up to him, and Dan was kind of, I think Dan looked at me, he's like, go, go, you know, go yeah. over. So I went over, and I, I, what are you going to say to a person that you've worshipped your entire life? Mm, yeah, you know? tough one. I mean, a lot of people have met Lemmy, and and he, many people have stories. Yeah, but I knew that he 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 t appreciated something that I had done, and and so I it was a and and I go, hey, Lemmy, he's like, yeah, 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 and I was like, I'm Huck. I did the gig poster for tonight for the venue. He's like, good job. I was like, oh my god, Lemmy just told me good job. You know, it's total fanboy out. Yeah. And he was like, but I have to tell you, you got the gears wrong and the flaps wrong on that yeah, model yeah, of a Panzer. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was just... like, oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and and he went into this whole thing about Panzers and the tread. Yeah. Military historian is the giving you a lesson. And it was a good job, you know. And I, talk, I, I think I said something like, did you really see Buddy Holly live? <laughs> did you get to ask? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I saw my dad took me when I was 12 or or some shit and then i was just blown away and so then let me i was i kept drinking and drinking and drinking 
And then Dan came over. He's like, we're going to get out of here, mate. Uh, let me know what you want to do. What gig you want to come to? I go, well, where are you guys going next? He's like, we, we got a couple more dates left in the States. And then we're going to Germany. And I'm like, I'm coming to Germany. Oh, right. Because it's Germany. It's yeah. Motorhead. And anyone that knows those two things together, not a lot of Americans get to experience that. Yeah, absolutely. So I was like, I'm there. And he's like, okay, man, maybe we'll get your flight over or some shit. I was like, fucking far out, man. I don't care. So I made the arrangements and it was set. I went through Germany with Motorhead for like 11 days. Fucking hell. Wow. 11 days. And it was supposed to be this thing where I was going to do some art. <laughs> that didn't happen, man. That did not happen. I was on the bus a couple of times and then I was following with some of the other motor headbanger dudes and then some of the crew. I was it, it, staying in some hotels. I don't, I remember so much about it. There's a couple of things that happened on that tour. First of all, I was up for three days at one one point. I can imagine. With the aid of some medicinal. Yes. <laughs> recreational help. And then, and then, uh, the other thing is that I learned something that I am so lucky. Um, there was a show in Emden, Emden, Germany. Mm -hmm. It was in a bunker. I don't know if you're familiar with Emden or whatever, but it's like yeah. a suburb, I think of Berlin or Hamburg or someplace. And, um, it was probably the fourth gig into this leg. And I remember that it was a bad gig. The monitors were fucked. Lemmy's bass was cutting out. Mickey's drums were bad. You could just tell it was yeah. off, but they're still yeah. great. I mean, that's part of it. And I went backstage after the gig, and I was back there. They were so pissed. They're yelling at each other. They're yelling at the sound guys. They're yelling at the cook. They're yelling at the guards. They're yelling at each other. And it was, they're yelling at Dan, the tour manager. And Dan's <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't be back here right now. And and I saw <laughs> them just fighting over having played a bad gig. This yeah. is fucking Motorhead. 35 years into a career where they don't have to fucking prove anything to anybody. Yeah. And they still gave a damn oh, hell about yeah. doing a bad show. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the old, it's the old, uh, some, you know, that, that gig can be full of people who've seen you 10 or 15 times, but there will be, and this is for me, you know, being, being yeah. in that situation in a band, you do this. The, the last thing you want is for that to have been someone's first time they've seen you. That's yeah. what is really at the heart of that is like, there's people out there who know we can do better and they've seen better. That's fine. Mm -hmm. People who've never seen us before going away saying, Oh, well I saw them once and they weren't very good. Oh man. That, that, that is what will have cut so deep. It, it really changed my whole view of really what I do. Right. You gotta, you always give it, a thousand percent the the yeah. thing is with me there's a life lesson to motorhead in this yeah you go for it and you give it your all and do the best that you can all the time and you do it your way so then um 
I came home, I remember there there's other so many other stories in between there, but like if you can imagine 11 days on the road with Motorhead, there's so many stories, but oh yeah. I came home, I did, hadn't showered in probably like 8 days or something, you know, and I walked up to the door and of my house flew like a thousand hours home. Oh, I do remember in Germany, one of the things I saw a guy, somebody threw a bottle at Lemmy on stage somewhere. I don't know, which is unusual for Germany because they're usually really respectful. And he like dodged it or whatever. And, and he's, he's like, stop, stop. He stopped the band and he looked down into the crowd and he's like, Sonny, <laughs> he said, Sonny don't do that again or I'll come down there and I'll turn you into soup. <laughs> I'll never forget that. So, but anyway, anyway, I made it home and I remember uh, coming to the door of my house and I, my wife at the time opened up the door and I was, I probably, she could probably smell me. Immediately. <laughs> and she's like, I was like, Hey honey, I'm home. And, and she had this, horrified look and i go what's wrong and she's like you just said i was done man so then i did a couple of more gig posters for motorhead yeah through venues and stuff and uh the first one that i did of that panzer was was great it got shared now because of social media it got shared out there a lot it became kind of a known thing yeah and then time goes by, and then from the road, I got a. This is another. I, I maybe I shouldn't tell that story, but there's there's a couple of stories I can't tell. But good, good. I got a I got a call from Dan again, and they wanted me to do a a a German version, a, a new German flag version of uh, of Snaggletooth for a backdrop. Which I was like, just like before. When do you need it? Yeah. And I did it, and I did, I did a, a, a snaggletooth with a pickle halber helmet on, which is like a World War One German thing that yeah. Lemmy wanted on there. And uh, I got some of Lemmy's drawings in an email that he wanted me to base some stuff on, which is fantastic. And do you still have them? I have, I have one JPEG of a of a drawing that let me did to tell me what to do on this one one design and then it got used but briefly it was only put out by global in in germany i think and and yeah. global merchandising which was cool because that was my first official like through the band through yeah. global merchandising but i didn't have a contract with global or anything I had talked to my lawyer about it and we came up with this thing called because of contracts or whatever. We came up with this thing for me called the, the motorhead exception, <laughs> which is, the, which is, it's going to be for free. Yeah. And he's like, you're crazy. You're crazy for doing it like this. Cause lawyers are that way. They're going to give you the yeah. worst case scenario. And you're oh, looking yeah. at contracts for artists working for record yeah. companies and merchandising companies are even worse than contracts for the, musicians so yeah it, yeah it, so it's an it's almost it's a very important afterthought packaging so i did that it kind of went away i knew it came out and i saw some and then i got another call to do another gig poster and then you, we're getting kind of late so that was probably 2013 2012 yeah so 
Lemmy got started getting sick and the contact dropped. Then Dan Hawcroft left the organization. And that was that for me, I thought, you know, and and yeah. um and and then obviously Lemmy passing away. Oddly enough, yesterday, Alan Burridge passed away, who was the head of Motorhead Bangers, which is yes, a yeah, terrible, terrible Motorhead fans loss because yeah. he was the chief he was the chief so rest in peace alan and he was a great guy and uh time started flying by lemmy passed away and it just i i at that point i was so thankful just to have done one little infinitesimal bit yeah. of anything for that band because yeah. that to me that's they're the band they're my band my favorite band and then all of a sudden one day i got a call from a guy named ted mattis who um was doing merch he handled the motorhead account for global merchandising yeah they called me out of the blue one day and i don't know how they got my number those guys, those people can get whatever they want when they want, really want something. Those people can find your number. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They'll hunt you down. And Ted asked me about, started asking me about that, that motorhead gig poster that I did for the pageant in the radio station. I think they may have gotten my number through the radio station actually. Right. And so I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, do you still have that? I go, of course I've got it. I have a signed copy. Of course, he's like, ah, whatever with that. What do you have the design? Do you have high res of it? I go, yeah. He's like, I, I, okay, I'll call you back. A couple weeks went by and he called me back on a conference call with a bunch of people. And he was like, look, would you be interested in doing some legacy stuff? Motorhead stuff. I go, what? And he was like, yeah. yeah. Would you be interested? That's another level again, isn't it? That that yeah, because that that's there's one thing that the band being rep, but now you're being now you're being attached to the actual legacy of the band. That's that's next level, isn't it? And yeah, it is next level. But there was also some a bit of why is Joe Pitano not doing this? Because <laughs> yeah. he's my he's the guy. Yeah, well, they, well that, that's what Mark DeVito said when when i when when i chatted to him and he'd done like t-shirts and posters and things like that and he his first thought was the same thing because he's a fan straight away get, like get joe huh? yeah, I mean, yeah, joe's yeah, the yeah. man i mean he's responsible he's the fifth member he's the fourth member of the band yeah as far as i'm concerned because he gave him the look which is he he's part of the guts of yeah. of the machine and but anyway, I said, yes, of course. And the first thing that they had me do, they I think they re did a small reissue of that gig poster. I signed a terrible contract. The Motorhead exception was yeah. in full effect. I signed a terrible contract. My lawyer said, you are going to get fucked over this. Just so you know, I was like, it's Motorhead. If you're going to be fucked, yeah. be fucked by Motorhead. So I'm, I'm sorry you could be a lot of F words. In no, that's all right. It's a podcast. So, so then it it came out that little reissue of the poster it was a really small thing. So yeah. that passed, and then Ted called me back a, a few months later after that, and then he was like, "Hey, 
we want to do uh can you read can you do a redesign of snaggletooth as an american war pig oh wow and i was i was i was like okay that's a lot (laughs) that's a bit that's a lot yeah it's that's one of those like like you want me to do another job yeah well yeah oh oh Oh, it's that it's like hey let's oh we want you to carve another head on to mount rushmore yeah yeah could you paint could you paint a mustache on the uh on the sistine chapel yeah (laughs) can you do can you add a couple figures into the 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 sistine chapel ceiling okay that's what that's like and so i went for full throttle and then that came out that was the first like official motorhead t-shirt that i did it was the american war pig you can still get them and now there's knockoffs and stuff bootleg which is totally cool there's bootleg versions of my stuff out there Ah, well you see what's happening there is you got you got fucked and now the people who fucked you are getting fucked by the boot exactly (laughs) it's kind of a motorhead way it's kind of the it's the motorhead aesthetic the daisy chain of motorhead yes the daisy chain of motorhead just it's the gift that keeps on giving you know but it, it so I did an American War Pig. There was a poster version of it that was done um, by Lady Lazarus in Houston, which did a lot of great posters and merch for bands through Global. And they did the T-shirt. There were some stickers and stuff. And then I did um, I did a Motorhead by Land, Air, and a supposed to be Sea, but. There was a changeover in the company, oh, like you know, and the third one never got. I get emails every week. When's C coming out? When yeah. is the C coming out? Maybe I should do one from the Motorcast, and then you guys can do it to raise money or something. But that'd be awesome. But, but Motorhead by C never got done, and then that was the last thing that I did. So that was probably in 2018, 19, right. and then COVID hit, and everything's different again. But, yeah. um, that was my time in in the Motorhead camp, at, and awesome. it ended, it ended up being a couple of legacy designs, which I can't even as with that fourteen year old kid that saw them in my mind, they yeah. crashed through the wall, but they didn't, <laughs> they didn't really, and that they crashed through the wall and the young ones and were playing Ace. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fact that you're thinking, oh well, thirty five years from now. They're going to be around that long. You know, you can't. Yes. Yeah. Just being able to do anything and to have met him a number of times. We got. uh, Well, for him, for him to know who you were as well. Do you know what I mean? For him, like like, for you to just be like walking by and go, oh, right, Tom. You know, it, 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 it's bizarre. I, I, yeah, I know. I've I've kind of had that with a few people that I've I've managed to work with who were heroes of mine, and yeah. and just that 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 for me is what really did it. When they were like, "Oh, all right, Howard," and you're like, in inside in my head, there's a little voice going, "How the fuck do you know who I am?" I know, and it's total fanboy stuff, and yeah. and yeah, that, it's okay to admit that stuff, man, because <laughs> they they matter. But here, like in in terms of Lemmy, how he was. I got a call. This is another time in somewhere. What year? I don't remember, but I got a call. I see. I was a teacher. I I was a university professor for 15 years. If you can imagine, there's a whole side story of, of the night, the morning after that first motorhead gig. But yeah, because I went straight to work at like eight o'clock in the morning after not being able to feel my legs and, but (laughs) and doing student reviews and it was terrible. So I don't teach anymore, but um, 
but so I got a call in the middle of the day. I was in, in the middle of uh, student reviews, going from studio to studio and doing what they call critiques. It's yeah. just mind numbing crap, you know? Yeah. yeah. Art students, they all think they're a genius. Yeah. So I'm absolutely. like, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm, and my phone rings and it's Dan from Motorhead. And I go, Hey, Dan, what's up? And I knew that they were going to be in Chicago. I wasn't going to be able to go. But they had stopped, it turns out. Dan say, we stopped in St. Louis for a day off. And uh, then we're going to head to Chicago. And I, and he's like, we're going to be at the, we're at the Renaissance Grand in downtown St. Louis. Come on out and we'll go for some drinks or something. I was like, what? Absolutely. <laughs> but then I guess I could tell this story. So this is the one I wasn't going to do. And then Dan goes, hey, mate, uh, do you know any place where, any place where we could get some, uh, medicinal nose powder yes I was like, yeah what yeah, do you mean yeah. like oh well we'll go to walgreens or something you know and he's like no no and i was like and i'm telling him this stuff surrounded by by students, students. <laughs> and he, i was like no man sorry i don't have a hookup and, and he's like it's okay man i'll see you tonight be there at like seven or eight or whatever and lemmy wants to go gambling okay okay so across the river in st louis at all the casinos and the strip clubs which are fantastic and uh so i made it down there and to the grand and there's there there's a little bar and phil campbell sitting there at a grand piano it's like spinal tap a grand <laughs> piano in the foyer of the hotel it's a fancy hotel playing tinkling a little bit on a grand really? piano there's phil campbell i was like this is unbelievable and then i go into the 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 bar it was actually matt sorum was with them at this ah. point because mickey d had been on some reality show so whatever tour that was i saw them on that tour but this was the second time around so matt sorum was there and um and lemmy's like okay let's go and then i'm going to the casino with them right yeah. so i'm thinking okay lemmy's limo's gonna pull up in front of the hotel to take you to take him to the casino we're standing around standing around and lemmy is dressed in a full civil war union colonels outfit in my mind he had a sword but i don't think he did but in my mind he had the sword and everything and he you know a complete vision yeah in downtown st louis and i'm standing there we're waiting and waiting waiting i'm thinking where's the limo what's going on and a fucking shuttle pulls up let me <laughs> the casino queen shuttle yeah. pulls up and we get on the shuttle with dan and and I'm on the this shuttle, casino shuttle to the east side of St. Louis to go gamble. It's sitting behind Lemmy with the hat and everything. And, like, and, this, and, and this shuttle, you've got like, you know, degenerate gamblers kicking it on air. Grandmas. Yeah, yeah. Grandmas and everything, you know. And so we make it to the casino. And I sat by Lemmy probably for a chew to zero for like three hours while I was playing the one-armed bandits. And yeah. And I, I started talking to him about Gettysburg. Like, I go, have you ever been to Gettysburg? And he looked at me, he shrugged. He's like, it's a field. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very British, very dry. Yeah, 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 very, yeah, 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 yeah. Those little moments are that I got to experience that stuff in the, yeah. in the world of Motorhead. I got in really late under the wire. <laughs> with my favorite band of all time and i'm so thankful and fortunate for yeah. that i mean i just i can't believe my luck 
I've had a lot of luck. Well, do you know what? It's it, one thing that um, one thing that I'm finding is a lot of people like yourself who've ended up working with the band um, didn't weren't weren't seeking to work with the band. Mm-mm. It's the it's the band found them. You know, it was it was the same with Mark DeVito, same with mm-hmm. yourself, with with regards mm-hmm. art and stuff like that, and a few other people I've spoken to where it was kind of like, oh, you know, they, and and that for me is again a huge um, part of how Mot- about how Motorhead and especially you know Lemmy worked, which was you know you 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 see something cool that people have done and you go and most bands. 99.9% go that's cool carry on walking right whereas you know lemmy the band whatever go that's cool find out who did it get him to the show find out who did it yeah. get him to do more for us yeah and and that is that's really old school as well it is it's old school and you know that i miss i wish that i could have experienced the first the classic lineup because they were hanging out with their fans you know, yeah, and oh, the yeah. bar, and they were uh, they're still they, they were a people's band, yeah, and and that is their fans are. What I was saying to you earlier, the Motorhead Bangers are a family of people. I I remember I was in a in a bar in Scotland in in Aberdeen, and uh, it was kind of a rough crowd in there <laughs> this one night, and and. I like, I love pubs and this was a rough crowd. And I was like, man, I might have to get out of here. I think there was going to be a fight or something happening. And I had a, I had a motorhead, my motorhead shirt on. And there was another guy like had a motorhead shirt on, like in the crowd. He's like, come with me, man. You'll be all right. You know? And <laughs> and then it, it, it's like a stick together us against the world kind of thing. Oh, and now that, the, now that the band is gone, it's kind of back to that again, where it's a oh, you don't get to yeah. see your family twice a year, yeah, at a gig anymore, and it's not the same. You know, you're absolutely right because I was just um, uh, I had a conversation very recently. Um, in fact, I, I think it's the um, uh, I think it's the the, the um, current issue. I spoke to Mike Robertson, mm-hmm. who you know cold called Lemmy. And um and 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 ends up you know being you know being friends for twenty years. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it the, just the uh, but we we talked about you know without the without the gigs, it's yes there are fan meets here and there, but yeah. uh, especially for people in the states, you know those those gigs were when you got you know hey how you been? It's been a couple of years since the last time we saw Motorhead. You know, when I went over to Germany. I, I didn't, you know, the first gig was in Hanover. I made it for sound check. I have video of that, of the sound check. <laughs> I, awesome. I videoed it. And um, it, I was up, I sat up pretty far up in the seats in the, in the, um, the venue. And I saw this group of like eight guys and a couple of chicks down in the very, very front. And they had, they all had motorhead gear on. And it's yeah. like they're they're the German fans, and then they kept looking back at me. I stood out because I was one guy. I was afraid, you know, to go down too close. 
Yeah. And they finally, they, one of them came up to me or something. It's like, who are you? And they were shocked when they heard my accent. They're like, <laughs> you're an American. You came over here as far. And then they were these kind of famous. It was the, it was Klaus Fabry, Hannes Kroger and Thomas. Who's the guy that's covered in motorhead tattoos in the films, yeah. like in the Lemmy documentary, whatever Thomas, he was one of those guys. And they're like, part of the band in a way you know those yeah. motor headbanger guys but yeah and so that's somebody you need to talk you need to talk to klaus fabry <laughs> klaus fabry I, man i honestly there, there's so many the list of people yeah the li- but we'll we'll get to as many as we can well over. that's good that means the podcast will get to live for a long time the motorcast will live oh man i look i'm 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 determined to keep the the, the motorcast going as long as possible man well, it's fantastic. I really it's am fantastic. And look, um, uh, Tom, I'm I'm so thankful that you've come on. Um, thanks for reaching out and and you know sharing this all with fellow Motorhead fans around the world. It's it, it's awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. This was great, and hopefully, I'll get to buy you a, a, a pint at some point. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you so much. And anything you need, let me know. Pleasure, pleasure. Will Thank do. you. You know, I don't really need to say it, do I? I mean, this time, if you've listened to all of that, I really don't need to say it. But I am going to because it's a tradition. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did doing it. And Tom, I know you're listening while you're working. I hope you enjoyed doing that as much as I did. It was a blast. Thanks again. Um, Yeah, what can I say? I'm not going to review the interview because you just listened to it. But wasn't that great? You know, real passion, real enthusiasm, real motorhead. Tom is definitely, you know, one of the crew. If you're listening to this and you've got, you know, you worked with the guys, even if it was just a one-off gig here and there, whatever it is, feel free to get in touch with me on social media. You can get me anywhere, all over social media, under Talking Bollocks or Acid Rain, um, or just just hunt me down. Somebody even found me on my my personal Facebook that I don't use for any band stuff or, or anything. So, you know, if you're out there and you want to find me, you can find me. And once again, thanks loads of thanks to Tom Huck do check out his art I know there's going to be a load of um, uh, some really cool art that's going out with the podcast so try and get on socials and see all of, all of the stuff that Tom's done incredible artist check out his work and um, just be safe in the knowledge that he's one of us as are you because if there was ever a band who were going to just be kept going by their fans even though the band's not around anymore it's Motorhead and we know that and we're just keeping it going, spreading the word. So once again, it's always a pleasure, nay, an honour to speak to you, and I look forward to catching up with you again on the next episode of the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I don't say agreed. The only gun I need is the ace of spades. The ace of spades.